Hey everyone, this is a continuation of part two where we were recommending movies, so if you feel like you're missing any context and whatnot, then go back and start there. Yeah, don't show any of my movies to your kids. <laughs> yes. What? It's the whole list. None of them. None of those movies. Don't show them to your kids. Unless you're cool. <laughs> like my parents. <laughs> then show them to your kids, but like only if you're cool. And only with supervision. Okay, it's, it's complicated. I, I, I saw Starship Troopers as a as a child when I was like seven oh, theaters. That, that's that's fine. It's just bugs. That doesn't do much. A lot of gore and nudity. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I almost put that on the list because I saw it was on here. It was funny. But Wally's beautiful. I, I have you have you guys watched it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people have watched it because it's Disney, right? And Pixar. Yeah. So it's just I I can't like. Honestly, it's one of my favorites. Kind of follows that trend where a lot of Pixar movies make a left turn halfway through. Yeah, that That surprised me a lot. Yep, sometimes it improves the movie, and sometimes it ruins the movie. Like Brave. Uh, Brave had a lot of problems. (laughs) (laughs) It starts so good. It has a it has a really good. uh, They fucking tricked me. I like. Oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be everything I want it to be, and then. Then, then the thing happens, and it turns into a really not good movie, and <laughs> it never recovers. It's such a bummer. Mm. Yeah, Wally also has a, has a pretty strong left turn midway through the story, but it's I think some in, li- might it's not in line like with it. its point. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's it definitely serves for the storyline. It needs to be there, but yeah. it might ruin ruin the movie because it's so drastic as well it's a stylistic Uh, change where it becomes a different film and that can be rough yeah but in brave's case it it stylistically changes the film but it also thematically changes the film and stomps all over anything it was going for in the (laughs) intro and then ultimately it doesn't really really accomplish much of anything it trying to explain the arcs of the characters in brave is uh challenging (laughs) it's a lot Something, something, I don't want to clean my room. <laughs> so it was directed by Mark Andrew Andrews. He did... I suppose yeah, we loop back much... around now, huh? Yep, sorry. That's your turn. Yep. So the, oh, my, yeah, next, yeah. my next film is another British film full of actors that I don't recognize. So that's two similarities. It's also in the forest again. So this is... Bad Times in the Forest Part Two, and also it's just like the last movie, and that it came from 19, it came out in twenty eighteen, and is about ninety minutes long. So that's a lot of similarities to start with, uh, and it also involves like roughing it in the woods and yep, and friends with bad things. Uh, in this case, a group of friends uh, are all going out on this hike that they had planned. Uh, they're doing this like not just hiking but like those multi-day backpacking packing trips where you go on this really big excursion and you have to pack your supplies and you have those those overstuffed backpacks that have like camping supplies and so on in them because you need to like set up set up camp every night but then also carry it with you every day and uh specifically it's a plan that they were it's a hike that they wanted to take with their with their fifth friend who tragically died and there's a particular dynamic where one person in the group blames himself for the death of their friend and everyone else to varying degrees also blames him. So it's kind of this, this awkward tension where with all these different characters where you kind of 
as as the story is developing, you kind of learn more and more about like what happened and what the issue there is, and uh, how much everyone thinks that way about that character. But also, you like you figure out the the dynamic of the the group and so on. So there's a lot of really good like dialogue interactions. We're we're with just like dealing with these characters themselves. But then they're in a horror movie. <laughs> uh, because midway through this hike, one of them hurts their leg, and they can't really keep making the trip that way. So they decide to cut through the woods direct in like a straight line back to where they started. Because they've essentially gotten halfway through their their backpacking trip, so they'd have to do the entire second half, but massively slower with this injured guy. Or they can try to cut straight through the woods in a straight line back to the lodge that they can see on the horizon. So they start going straight through the woods. And it's these—it's just this massive, disorienting forest where you can't really see where you're going, and there's no real way to, to have a sense of direction and see how close you are to your destination and everything. And they just see—they just keep seeing increasingly unnerving things. And there's like it starts off with like these hints of like, "Am I? Did I see that or not? Or like, was that was that there?" And then moments of like increasingly distressing moments happening. To either them collectively or even them as individuals along the way and the horror just kind of keeps building and building and it's another thing where i don't recommend watching a trailer or doing any yeah, image i think i would say even or, pictures because i'm looking at pictures yeah and I, think I was, gonna, it's I, I was gonna say like i wouldn't i wouldn't image search anything about this because the first thing you'll get is massive spoilers because the all of the all the images that would inevitably come up are like of the ending and major things like that and it's like it's really good. It's a really the whole thing works best if you haven't already seen stuff throughout mm-hmm. it because there's a lot of building and a lot of mystery in part because you just don't you don't like it, the movie has you in a paranoid way scanning the tree line throughout the entire Ooh, film. That's beautiful. Trying to figure out if something's around them because every now and then you have a shot where you think you see something move. And it's so just great. and it's just subtle enough that you're like, no, I, I swear there was something there. And like you're you're inhabiting the minds of the of the people themselves. And it's partly because the for a forest is such a chaotic environment compared mm-hmm. to like sand dunes or whatever that like there's the the screen is so busy with details that it's so hard to lock on to something when it's there. You only see stuff in that sort of scene when it moves and oftentimes when it moves is when it's leaving the frame so you only briefly catch a glimpse of things as you're losing the ability to look at them and it's like a frustrating and kind of terrifying thing and like and 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 i keep the the plans keep going wrong and the the trip keeps extending and they keep getting longer uh they keep they keep taking longer than they think it's going to and they keep having to like spend the night in the forest and uh, they don't know how close they're getting and things are getting more and more distressing and, and it keeps escalating and escalating until it kind of gets fucking insane and has some of the coolest shots I've seen in a horror movie and is just it didn't and I've rewatched it with different people a few times and it's just a I really enjoy going back to this film because it, it, it goes so well and uh, and I'm really happy with where it goes. And it's just mm-hmm. one other one of those things where it's like you just got to not look anything up about it because you'll just dampen the chance to see some really cool shit uh, in its intended context. Uh, it's so yeah, this is it a sounds horror like, film. It sounds like um, the descent, which is incidentally also British, but it, it's not in, from not from a cinematographical 
uh, perspective, but rather from the t building of the tension. Yeah. I, and it's based on Swedish folklore, I should say. So it's got that some of that cultural context, like Year Walk, and a few of the other horror things I've played over the years. Yeah, some really some real good choices are made in that film. But yeah, uh, it, reminds like the, it reminds me of it reminds it reminds me of a movie for me, honestly. Yeah, it just reminds I me love, of like I, I, had a, I had a Patreon question a while back that was like, "What do you care about spoilers?" Here's a paper I've linked that's like proves that spoilers like don't actually matter and so on. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I saw, yeah, I I've know seen, that one. Because I've seen films like this and I'm like, no, I, like the, the certain forms of escalation and stuff where you can only really feel it correctly the first time uh, without having been spoiled and you have to like just see what the film does and how it presents it. And then every time you revisit it after that, you're kind of just, you're kind of nostalgically dipping back into the well of what you first felt and remembering it again and that's the only way to get it so if you get spoiled you before your first time then there's like a certain way where you'll never experience it the correct way and then your so your subsequent reviewings will also never be able to draw back to that original viewing and the, and how you felt about it because you never got to feel it correctly i think there's a certain level where the intellectual enjoyment of a movie after you know how it goes yeah. can be better than the original one, depending on your preferences as a person. Yeah. But like, if if you're a fan of of suspense and and uh, that sort of intention and, and yeah. horror, like that, you know, you you can't you can't give into the spoilers because it it's gonna ruin a lot of movies. It's I like uh, I especially love like the the ride of watching a movie and not knowing where it's going, but not having, but it's also not incoherent. No, yeah, that's that, that whole ride. Like you can, like there's the other aspect of like, oh yes, on an intellectual level, I really enjoy this movie and I respect its structure and so on. But like that's not the same thing as viscerally experiencing yeah. its narrative first yeah. time around. Like those are different experiences, and then they both can be preserved if you don't get spoiled. It's like watching The Sixth Sense and knowing the spoiler. It's it's not you just can't do it. Yeah, like it's not the same. Yeah, and I did really. it by the way. I watched Sixth Sense recently. <laughs> like three or four years ago, and I did not know the spoiler. I can't believe I didn't. <laughs> Whoa. That's like one of the yeah, meme I, spoilers that people throw out yeah. as a joke. I just later realized, oh, I might have heard that, but I never connected the dots. Yeah. I Let's not say I, the spoiler, though. I don't really have a... can't really make an opinion here, because I don't... I watch movies in the worst way possible, usually, so... <laughs> You're, while playing video games, while answering the phone... Uh, and eating. No, if it's a movie that's in theaters, I'll look up the ending before I go. Oh, um, because otherwise I'm wasting money. Like I'm not going to pay money to go take a gamble on if a movie's going to be good or not. Uh, hmm, that's an interesting way of doing it. Andrew makes so, choices. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of the many things where I can't relate to him. Specifically, yeah. the memory I have is being at his apartment, and he was telling me he was going to go watch Pacific Rim with Joe, and. Right before he left, he opened the Wikipedia page and read the entire plot of Pacific Rim before he saw the movie. Like, the choice to <laughs> see it was already made, and he was going, and he still went, but he literally read the entire pl plot synopsis right before watching it. And I'm like, I I do not. I've done that. This is not I've how I do that. anything. <laughs> so so if I do that, it removes a lot of the anger that I'll have, which I would, I would have had if I had not wa read that before watching Pacific Rim. Because I was that it was such a shitty movie, and I don't think I would have been nearly as amicable leaving the theater 
uh, unless I had already known. <laughs> if you didn't what know already, happen. yeah, yeah, because like you were pre- I pre pre yeah. preheated. That is the thing: is that Andrew approaches watching live action films like how many people approach paying their taxes. <laughs> Like, it's like some sort of social obligation he's been backed into, and he's just going to try to get through it as painlessly as possible. Yeah. So yeah. And he's I, not if, going if to I'm enjoy not, it. Unless someone forces me, I will not of my own volition watch live action movies uh, or shows. Like, I don't, it's not something I naturally do um, because I, I it, they never make me happy. So there's no, like, it, it's just not worth the effort. Yeah. Uh, that's a fair point. And if I get mad at watching an anime, I feel justified because it helps me further see when a bad anime is going to happen. Whereas live action, it's always shit when it starts. And it doesn't help me get out of it because I know it's shit when it starts. But uh, but that's like, so with anime, it's different. It's a, it's only helping me uh, when I watch bad anime. But it doesn't help me wa- watch bad live action because I don't know what good live action is. So it's a, it's a corner. Mm. That I can't get out of. I don't know. But yeah, so spoilers are... Uh, I, I don't regard spoilers nearly as uh, severely as a lot of other people do. So someone's like, ran up and told me the ending to something. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It doesn't <laughs> impede my watching of it. I had uh, I had Gurren Logan spoiled for me before I watched it. And I still that, like got super excited over the ending. Cause the end, that... That is one of the ones that you really don't care about spoilers because it's all about like the. the no, you do care crit- about spoilers though. Do you? Like the yeah, in the ending one? the ending works because you have no context for it. It the point of it is that like you go in without any uh, any idea and the show is is like is over exceeding your expectations uh, in a way that felt- makes you excited for a fight. But like saying that, that gr- means nothing. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, I was, I was like, for me, Goran Lakan was more about. It's almost like a parody of the genre. There's a lot of it in it, and I thought that it was what that was from the beginning to end. And so the ending, like, is just a culmination of the parody. Well, that's what and, I mean, though. If someone told you the ending of the parody, you don't like. For most people, the joke is ruined. It's oh, like it's I like telling it's like saying the punchline before the joke. I see, happens. I see. Uh, and so like Gurren Logan's about not knowing what the punchlines ah. are to each joke it's making towards the franchise or t- towards I the genre. Um, yeah. So yeah, like being I was told what the punchline was, and I still just enjoy. I still like had the exact same it's, reaction. I thought I it was really good without knowing. Um, but that's just yeah, that's the way I regard spoilers. Like it's not. The spoilers don't mean anything without the context to me. Like, I need to see it in order for the emotional weight to either hit or miss. So, like, you can tell me, you know, you can tell me what the ending of, like, Sixth Sense is. And I'd be like, oh, okay. But if I watch it, I may I may not, you know, like, I may be you're angry gonna, at it. Or I may enjoy just be it. apathetic. You're going to enjoy it just from the, like, cinematography. Because I think there is a... It's, it, it's so... It's so... It's so different it's such a special twist yeah just saying does change saying something doesn't really do anything to for me like it doesn't but i think it is two movies it's effectively two movies Uh, i I guess the i guess the other thing too is the way that i in in the the way i interact with media is i spend most of the time trying to guess what's going to happen so i spend a lot of it trying to like predict what's going to happen because almost all media just is is a most media is just a really poorly built house held up by crutches of tropes. 
And so you can kind of guess yeah, where most movies are going guess, if yeah. you just go like, ah, I see what that is. I see the I see the trope you're calling, which means it's going to spiral into this type of ending because that's the only reason you use this trope is because it ends with it results in this type of ending. Or you know, like, oh, that's going to be a thing later on because I've seen tons of movies that have done this thing, and that always turns into this reaction. Whereas it's very rare that people subvert the expectations because subverting them is actually more interesting. And that's a hard thing to sell uh, to a to a studio. They're like, hey, let's yeah. be interesting. They're like, uh, that's 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 another word for risky. Let's not do that. <laughs> Just do the thing that always makes money. And so, I mean, anime does it all the time. You can you can look at yeah. you can watch an anime and be like, oh, OK, I see where we're going here. Uh, and. Yeah, and so it's, I don't know, that's yeah. the way I approach media, but. So we have three yeah. movies left each, we're, let's let's try and make this a little bit faster, oh, otherwise. God. <laughs> let's just go for, fa- All right. fa- like, quick fire. Alright, so the, the next one is, it doesn't need much explanation, I have uh, Loop on the Third, The Castle of uh, Cagliostro, which is, uh, uh, which is Miyazaki's, is Miyazaki's debut, uh, film so it's the his you first mean the direct- one from dark souls <laughs> no uh the, the other one the, the family friendly one um oh. yeah oh, it's, this, uh, it's, i know this guy it's yeah it's his directorial debut um and it's the more it's famous good. miyazaki yeah, yeah. The, the arguably more famous miyazaki. i know his face i know his face better than, than his yeah name. the uh it's uh the plot is it's a lupon movie i don't need to explain more about it it's just if you if you know what Lupin is, you know what He's that means. And if you've never seen Lupin, it's just going to be a fun heist movie for you. So just in, enjoy it. It's I love Lupin the Third uh, stuff, so I'm kind of biased here. But it's just a it's a really fun movie. It has really great animation, uh, really great character moments, and uh, it's a forty yeah. year old movie. Yeah, Lupin it's the Third is really like it's older than all of us. Yeah, uh, Andrew Lupin here with the, the classics. Is, Lupin the yeah, Third is if, a old franchise. The creator died uh, recently, a few years yeah, ago. Seventy nine um, years old. Yeah, Monkey Punch. He's a he's a good guy. Uh, but the yeah, they like Mon- he's called Monkey Punch. Yeah, that's uh, uh, eighty one. Actually, I believe that's his author's name. Yeah, Monkey Punch. Yeah, Monkey Punch. Yeah, huh? That's his pen name. <laughs> uh, Monkey Punchy. It's very important to pronounce it the Japanese way. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's yeah. What was he? Was you said seventy? Eighty-one. Sorry, I, I missed. Oh, eighty-one. Yeah, he died so uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah, he April died. Uh, Twenty nineteen. He died right before the the release of the newest Lupin the Third movie, which is mm-hmm. impressive that they're still making new ones. And it's been like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been like it's almost been several decades now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, some so, things just stick around forever like that. Well, Doctor Who like, and James Bond. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like <laughs> Lupin the Third uh, can live. He lives in this uh, timeless era. Like it doesn't matter where you put Lupin, it makes sense. And uh, and his crew, like none of the like. Okay, I guess Goemon is the only one that's kind of a uh, weird to have the further time goes by because it's like a samurai. What is that? Why? Mm. But everyone else is timeless as well. They're just like cool guys in suits or, you know, spy girl or spy guy. 
you can throw them in any era and it works. And that's why Lupin just continues to be relevant is because you can just change the setting, keep the characters and it, it, it's still good. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it very well, but it's, uh, but it, it's a, it, the characters in Lupin are really good and they're good enough that they can be in any situation, any type of plot. And it's fun. Um, Unless you want to get, like, really, really dark with it. And then you have, like, the story of Mini Fujiko, which is... It's okay, but it's also a really rough ride to sell anybody. But, mm. uh, but yeah. So that's, that's Fujiko's lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one's not as good. The uh, There are I some other... Lied. I'm just looking at the... Yeah. Things. No, it was, like, a small series that was a backstory for Mini Fujiko. But it's a little... It's kind of the same backstory that you would see for, like, Black Widow from Avengers, where you're, like huh, you want to run by that again, but, like, less stupid? And then you're like, uh, no, let's not. We'll just skip over it now. It's like, okay, good good call. Um, yeah, that's the idea. So it's kind of funny it, that you... Oh, sorry. Yeah, Black Widow was the one who had, like, the really dumb backstory of, like, I was an orphan, and we lived in an orphanage where they took our wombs out or something. I'm like, what? What, what are yeah, you talking about? Yeah, she's like, about? I'm a monster because I can't have <laughs> children. And I'm like, uh... Yeah. Um, that <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so. Mini Fujiko is the same kind of way, and you're just kind of like, uh, all right, let's just gonna bury this one in the backyard, and we'll uh, <laughs> keep moving. We'll keep moving along, on here, <laughs> along with the rest of the the other ones' problematic movies. Yeah, it's just yeah. So your next. So it's kind of funny from? that uh, it's kind of funny that you uh, suggested a movie from 1979. I am also gonna suggest a movie from 1979, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorites as well. It's called Alien. You might have heard of it. We talked about it sort of before. The original Alien, I feel, is is a horror movie, um, and it's 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 so like it, you can tell that it, for me the appeal of it is how well directed and well organized it is. The setting and the characters, the actors, everybody is so natural and it's so immersive. It's amazing. It's such an old movie, but it works so well. And it's done on such a small budget, and it's one of the most influential movies of all time. Yep, Ridley and Scott. it holds up to this day. It's it's it's. I love it. I love it to bits, and I can't recommend it enough. If you've never watched a classic, it, it, when I say it's classic horror, classic. You, it's, for me it is a classic, but it, it doesn't feel like a classic. If it came out uh, as a remake today, just with more money spent at it, and exactly the same shots, exactly the same characters, exactly the same actors. I would be all over it because yeah. it's, they, hi- they it's hide amazing. the alien enough that it usually doesn't overtly look like a, an awkward guy in a suit. Yeah, yeah, but no the, alien uh, too yeah, suffered it, it is, from that. It is funny that we were just talking about Blade Runner because <laughs> that's just his next movie. <laughs> oh, it's the same. Uh, that's right. It's the same. Dire- yeah, that's director. Ridley Scott made yeah. Alien, Blade yeah. Runner, and Gladiator, and then bad movies. <laughs> oh no, he made Black, he made Black Hawk, Black Hawk Down. Uh, but yeah, then he went. Then he made Prometheus uh, and The Martian. That's uh, Prometheus is so bad. <laughs> yep, and The Martian. Is, I like The Martian. It was like kind of fun. But Alien is just good on every front. And I, it, to to follow with the, what I was talking about, it's also anti-capitalism and anti-corporate and political oh, yeah. in nature. Yeah, the entire <laughs> Alien, the entire Alien universe is very cyberpunk feeling, and the whole very yeah. much anti-corporate behavior and Blade Runner follows in that. But yeah, he made he made two uh, like anti-capitalist movies back to back. The second of which is the most influential uh, 
the arguably yeah. the most single influential piece of art in the entire cyberpunk universe, which is based entirely yeah. around being anti-corporate. Like that's it's the text of its entire. That's the entirety yeah. of what cyberpunk is as a universe and as yeah. a setting and a tone. Like that's if it's not about the evil corpse uh, that you got to take out, then what is it? <laughs> yeah. I'm playing right now. I'm playing Deus Ex Human uh, Revolution. Yep. And uh, I don't think the writers know what they're doing. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. The Shadowrun some... games definitely know that the, the corporations are oh, a they, problem. They know. Yeah. But I, I don't think the, the New Day is X know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going const- through some parts. This, this whole year is me just fingers crossed, like, just kind of worrying. Because I, I know I've got to cover it. I know it's going to be really popular, <laughs> so it's not even going to be a lesser known game. But Cyberpunk's coming out. And boy. They also don't know. It's it'll be a real bummer if they it'll be a real bummer if they put that out and they just fundamentally don't understand the setting that they're doing. I can tell you right now they can use the language, but it's one thing to use the language. But well, maybe they'll surprise us. They won't surprise you. I don't think they will. (laughs) Sorry, Keith. Maybe they'll take three tries to make the good one again. (laughs) Oh yeah, like they did with with The Witcher. I don't think they're going to yeah. have three chances. I I mean, I th- I'm sure it'll sell well. And they're a disgustingly successful company at this point. Uh, <laughs> so they'll, they'll probably have cyberpunk sequels. Yeah, probably. I'll Unless wait for get, the game of the year edition. Unless they get bought out. At least the Roadbreaker was fun. I still need to play that. I have it. but Fun card game. By the way, we said, we said Ridley Scott. Excuse me. Sir Ridley Scott. <laughs> he's got a, uh, an HBE or something I'm American these don't mean things to me it shouldn't mean anything to anybody but oh uh, yeah the queen tapped you have fun I guess that's <laughs> nice <laughs> the only sir I honor is Sir Patrick Stewart <laughs> who's in uh, my next all... movie the green room Yay. not the what green a... room it's just called green room in what this movie, oh. Patrick Stewart is a neo-Nazi. <laughs> oh no! What is going on with the world? That sounds, sounds like so, an interesting thing. Time for our third entry in Bad Times in the Forest. <laughs> <laughs> All of our movies have themes. Yeah, this movie was the. Uh, I thought at the time that it was the final Anton Yelchin movie, but then more Anton Yelchin movies kept coming out for years after his death. So I was wrong. <laughs> Uh, mm. He was busy, I guess. Uh, but Anton Yelchin, unfortunately, uh, died tragically. And then this was the first two movies that he was in that came out after his death, I think, were Star Trek Beyond and Green Room, which I saw like kind of back to back. And he's really good in this. And Patrick Stewart's really good in this. And also, like, that is kind of a weird loop to close because obviously Patrick Stewart's a Star Trek actor, too, and so on. And it, there's this whole circle there. Uh but this is a movie where you follow this like hardcore punk band that's living. They're like they're living in a car, and uh, I haven't rewatched it super recently, so I'm kind of I'm slightly grasping here. But they're they're living they're living in a car and they're traveling and doing their touring and just kind of getting any gigs they can. Basically, it shows them literally like siphoning gas out of other people's cars to keep their vehicle running because that's like how thin the whole thing is. And you get some nice scenes sort of establishing the group and letting them like interact and you meet them all better and you, you know care about the individual characters and all that and uh act funnily enough the uh the girl from uh to, to call back to a previous discussion again 
the the the, the freckle faced girl from uh, Arrested Development is in this. That's one of the band members. Uh, mm. And so they they go they go and they go to a particular gig that's full of skinheads, which is a somewhat popular audience for these kinds of punk bands. So they kind of just go through it, and it's like they're slightly uncomfortable with the setting and so on, but they kind of just do their show and try to rock their faces and get their money and then move on with their lives as they, as they tend to do. But then uh, in the green room, which is the, the back room where the talent generally gets ready in a lot of these settings behind backstage, uh, they witness a murder. Ooh. And they weren't really supposed to witness that murder. Uh, and, Oh, it becomes a situation where they're like, they you we can't have witnesses for this thing that happened. So like immediately the band is like, we're fucked. Like this we they they have a read on the situation. Like this is obviously like they, they we weren't supposed to see this and this is very bad for us. They lock themselves in the green room, uh, and the uh the skinhead people that run the place, they call their boss in to handle the situation and like and figure out what he wants them to do. And so Patrick Stewart arrives. And so it's a movie about Patrick Stewart and his uh, army of skinheads trying to get into a room and kill everyone in it, more or less. Uh, <laughs> that is a setup and a half. My God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> a bunch of obviously a, bun- a bunch of messy plans happen constantly on both ends and things constantly don't go as planned. And there's a number of deaths and they're very abrupt and brutal and not dwelled upon. And it's very everything's like very clinical and distressing in the way that it isn't like dramatized when it happens, like people just die and then the movie just keeps going and it's, it's a hell of a ride. It's a very good movie and it's mm. also very not feel good. <laughs> uh, but I had a, yeah, it really stuck with me and it was a great time and a pretty decent final movie. I, at least as I thought at the time for Anton Yelchin and it made me really, it mean, bum- it, made me really bummed out it, that he was not around anymore. Cause like, this is, I would like to see more shit like this, please. He's a main. He's a main actor. Yeah, he's the lead actor in Green Room. Mm-hmm. He uh, he played the Russian guy yeah. in Star Trek. I'm trying to remember his name. I'm not a. I'm not a big original saga name. He's the one. Oh, that... the, the the Davik Davik. No. Let me see if I can. Open he's it. the go-to joke character, like that. The, where they get all the pronunciation Chekhov. jokes. Yeah, Chekhov. Yeah. So you got like the Wazer rifles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He always sounds like he's saying waskily wabbit about a bunch of things because that's like an accent <laughs> joke that they stick to with him because he's I think he's supposed to be Russian or something along those lines. And there's like a, a there's a consonant swap going on and that there's like references to that in like a lot of like Fallout games and so on where you, like you go into you go into in Fallout 3, you go into the little lamplight and get the laser rifle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Russian though. Russian born anyway. Yeah. And, Ant- and he's he's great. He's great, and he's dead, and it's a real bummer. Oh, like, yeah. it, it was a it was a fucked up death. I think he was like checking his mail or something, and his car yeah, came out of park and car. and like came back after him down the the driveway, and like crushed him against his like like a brick wall or a mail the mailbox or some sort of solid thing, and it's just what? like it was just, it was just a random tragic accident one day that just got rid of him. And it's like fuck, that's that's like, that's, yeah. that's really fucked up. There's just yeah, nothing sort of fair about that situation. Yeah, the green room is very good. Also, don't watch it with your kids unless you're cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's, and I, even I say if bad, you're cool, and I don't know about this one. Yeah. Like, I, it sounds like it's going to be 
And it's it's pa- promising. And it's past the spoiler milestone, but it it, it is a bad times in the forest movie. As much as it sounds like oh. it takes place in one room, uh, it is a bad okay. times in the forest movie. There's a theme here. It's accidental. It's maybe it's ex- speaks to, maybe speaks to a weird aspect of my taste, where I like dark, violent films or black comedies that take place in a forest. Like I almost had D- Tucker and Dale versus Evil on this list, but I cut it. And that's also a black comedy uh, in the forest. <laughs> wow, you really do have this like, not, forest. Yeah, game. it's this I, genre. It's like a whole my, thing. my my three I've said aren't comedies yet, but the next two will be. But they're also dark because they're not. They're not. It's not The Hangover. Like it's it's. I, I specifically like movies that are funny but aren't comedies. If you know what I mean. Like it's mm-hmm. not like it's not about like setting up jokes constantly, but it's just that they that they there's a sense of humor interwoven into the whole thing, and the the next two will be that, but they will still be dark and death in a forest. Yay! Uh, Colonel after me is that the, is that our order? Andrew, Andrew, it's Andrew. Andrew's after me. Yep. For the yep, last yep. one, it's me. Nope. Uh, no, the last two, one. We have two to go. <laughs> yeah, we have two more. Oh, I, I skipped. I skipped one. Uh, fine. I have. To, we have two to go. Yes. Uh, so the next one I've got is uh, is uh, Violet Evergarden, Eternity, and the Auto Memory Doll, which is a. Uh, so you can either you can watch the series before watching the movie, and I don't, but I don't feel like it actually helps you in any way. I don't <laughs> think that, like, I, I sorry, I I don't mean the movie's confusing. I mean that the the movie. The characters in the movie don't require you to have seen the series to feel anything for. Like, there's no build-up over the course of a show to make it work. Uh, there's only... Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's a really good... Uh, it's hard to explain this movie just because a lot of it is just in-the-moment emotional stuff. But the idea is basically a... Um, a, a, a woman in a position of like you know being forced to go to a boarding school where she has to you know learn to be a prim and proper person so she can then go be married off to some uh rich fancy person who brokers a deal with whomever whatever you know how weird a strange like forced marriages work um and so the idea is that she uh is that she wants to write a letter to uh, a, an adoptive sister of hers and send it to her but she doesn't know what to say or how to do that um, and that ends up becoming the focal point of the story is a communication between two sisters who can't ever interact with each other because of difference in status and stuff uh, but yeah it's a beautiful looking movie it uh, has a lot of like it has a lot of emotion, but mostly just really stunning visuals. The algorithms um, got you. <laughs> when, when you said the Garden movie earlier, I I typed that into Netflix, and mm-hmm. right next to it were a silent voice and Violet Evergarden. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh, I was oh. like, oh, you're saying the other name that I just was saw on the screen. Uh, that makes sense. It's there, funny. there's, there's a lot of uh... like a type. Yeah, it's a type of movie. You know, they're just they're like all emotional. All the good movies that all the good anime movies are emotional movies because otherwise they're like really shitty tie-in brand movies, like a One Piece movie. And it's like you're not gonna watch that. It means nothing. It's not canonical and it's just shit. 
But there's different uh, types of emotions. There's this sort of, and then there's Grave of Fireflies. Grave of Fireflies is, <laughs> I mean... It's also very emotional, except just makes you feel bad and bad. And then it's Grave bad. of Fireflies is weird, because it is... Uh, it, it's mu- Grave of Fireflies is like watching an American military movie, where... or. Yeah, where you yeah, I you want to, you want to be sympathetic, but also these people did really horrible things. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, like you, yeah, that's what I say. It's it, you know, so it's it's really like a uh, Grave of Fireflies is is a is a tough it's brutal. It's yeah. I mean, there's a reason that when it came out in theaters, it was a dual showing where they showed uh, Grave of the Fireflies and then Totoro. <laughs> Because they didn't want, they didn't want, to, they didn't want to leave you on that that level. It's like when I would watch Lion King as a kid to calm down after a different movie. Exactly Jesus like that. Christ. They they literally were like, yeah, okay, we're gonna talk about really sad stuff, but Cat How Bus much? isn't that Yay. adorable? And you're like, oh, Yay. yeah, it's also a short movie. I mean, it you need to juxtapose it to something, unless it's just gonna I be mean, a small. That's ah, yeah. That's, ah, ah. What? What's huh? going on? I googled fa- fa- get Grave of Fireflies. And I got all a f- over. And I got a body horror image. Oh no. It looks well, like it's... Bad. What kind of movie is this? <laughs> it doesn't have that. I mean... What do you mean body it, horror? Maybe it's an... Unre- like it, it maybe it's an article. Up. Maybe it's an... Maybe it's a thing where like it's a... It's coming up as a search result because it's an article about Grave of Fireflies, but it's an image from somewhere, something else. It's got a guy shoving his hand up. Oh, the like the... Like under the jaw of a woman's face into her skin, and then you can see all of his fingers under her skin across her across his her face. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound familiar to me. I, I think I would remember that. <laughs> I think it's an un- it must be an unrelated horror image. I'll put it in the chat. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like what a yeah. fucking visual. <laughs> send that, send yeah, that's, that's not great. Oh, that's paprika. Oh, uh, that's Paprika. That's a, okay. that's a, that's a wholly oh different movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's an article. It's an article. Even, even. It's an article that says how Grave of Fireflies changed your perception of war, and that's the image, and that's in the search results for Grave <laughs> that of is Fireflies. Very, that is so, very scary. Paprika is also Paprika is also a good movie. I would recommend watching that. But yeah, that is not Grave of the Fireflies. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, even the art style is different. <laughs> Just no context. Uh, seeing that image, I'm like, um. This is horrifying, I, and, and I was, also yeah. maybe I should buy a print for Stephanie. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, man, is that's there the like... Of, that's like a type of, of image that she would hang on her wall. Oh, God. Paprika's got a lot of them, then. Um, I'm trying to think, like, was there any... No, there's no, like, body horror. There's some, like, upsetting to look at visuals, but not, like, like body yeah, horror. There's, like, war violence. Yeah. yeah, there's somebody that got burned... I would say, I uh, I don't know, like a, a there's a split even, here where I've seen zero of the movies you're recommending, recommending, and 100 percent of the movies that uh that uh Colonel's recommending. Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, we could all see that coming. Come on, yeah. I'm 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 not, you know. Who knows? Maybe you, a... you maybe you've seen my last movie. Uh, I know what your last movie no. is. I have not. Exactly. <laughs> I see the list, and I've definitely not seen these movies. Oh. So, um, uh, the next one for me. Uh, can I, can we advance? Or yep. yeah, go for it. Uh, so I was introduced to this style of science fiction 
by an anime series called Planets, which is my favorite anime series of all time. Um, and it's called, it's, it's hard sci-fi. So it's a little bit like The Martian that we talked about before, where like it's science fiction, but it tries to be as realistic as possible and as, as grounded as possible in our reality. Um, and this movie is called Moon. It's from 2009, and it's not available on Netflix. Uh, but I think it's available on Hulu, said Keith before. Uh, um, did you lose him, Andrew? Sorry, oh, yeah, sorry. a little bit. What... Did you experience oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. set, that whole uh, sentence just went away. <laughs> yeah, my internet has been having trouble. Uh, so basically, it's Moon from 2009. Okay. Uh, and and uh, it's not available on Netflix, but Keith said it was available on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu and Amazon. You can rent it from okay, there. Okay, there we go. Um, so yeah, you, you can find it somewhere and it's a short movie. Uh, it's also a very low budget. Well, it's not very low. It's got 5 million budget, but still, uh, it's also a British movie. We're all, all very uh, focused on British movies, aren't we? <laughs> um, There's some cool stuff and, in there. It's, and it feels like a fun yeah. discovery half the time. Cause you're like, Oh, no one's mentioned this. And what they, this movie they, is, they is... made something in that country besides Dr. Who and 007. <laughs> <laughs> they have so, they have so many good movies. Yeah. The, the third thing in, in England. <laughs> oh no, don't talk about that one. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I, I just mean, I just mean Sherlock Holmes as an IEP, not the, oh, not the uh, specific yeah. show. There's no, always yeah. like four parallel shows existing at once. That's true. Because it's open to public domain. So Moon is a hard sci-fi style of um, the. It's 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 basically a thriller, but it's only with one person for a long part of the movie, uh, and it's about somebody who is working on a an energy station uh, on the moon. And uh, they're there by themselves for like two or three years. So it, it's also very contemplative. Um, it's and, also uh, and very anti-corporate. <laughs> it's also anti-corporate, but I'm not going to say why. Otherwise, it spoils it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just it's got some really interesting ideas about the future of energy. Uh, so it also deals with with the you know the pro- the energy crisis, um, and uh, and it, at the end of the, it, it's got a, an interesting twist that uh, will make you. Uh, question the the morals of a future where humanity is spread out across the universe it's also very it's got a very weird ending in the sense that it just cuts to tell you what happens at the end uh and so when you see that uh yeah that it, it, that's where i think the low budget shows the most uh but i think it doesn't really ruin the movie or anything it's just you know it's it's i, th- I think it's a brilliant movie because so, it's so solid hard performance sci-fi. from Sam Rockwell. Pretty much only oh, turns in solid performances. He's just great in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely enjoyed his acting. He's basically the only actor for yeah. so long. It's a lonely movie. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. shipping a bottle movies. Oh, that's what that's called. Yeah. It's like a, a single uh, concept and you just you know yeah it's, it's like, like it's like when maybe. you have those like constructed pirate ships instead of inside of a glass bottle mm-hmm. like the idea of that genre name i i used, I used to keep a list of like a, a lot of these ones i liked because there's a lot of really good ones and I, I often like films that force the characters to stay in one location and mm-hmm. just deal with each other basically or themselves yeah so it's my favorite sci-fi movie no wait it's not because that's alien but in, in, if we're talking about serious sci-fi uh, that's alien one. serious. <laughs> alien is very serious, but you know it's it's also it's kind of an it's alien just, that it's just has horror, which mouths. we're conditioned to see as the least legitimate genre. 
Yeah, you can tell that the authors of uh, of any horror movie are just having way too much fun with their job. Yeah, <laughs> half the time, <laughs> it must be so fun making a horror movie. Honestly, uh, probably yeah. What is it so yeah? To... <laughs> I don't know what the process there is. Like, I guess it's unfortunate that everything from this director is very disappointing. <laughs> from Duncan wow. Jones. Yeah, it's uh, it gets real rough after Moon. Source code was like oh, oh he made Warcraft yeah <laughs> oh my oh my god he made Warcraft which was horrible by most counts and Source code yep. which was fine but forgettable and I have not heard good things about Mute either it's like oh man the guy that made Moon I mean it, it it's a it's about the movies not yeah. about the oh he didn't he wrote he wrote the story there's just a thing so not not necessarily uh, the day to day or the 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 storyboarding. He directed Moon. Yeah, yeah directed, but the storyboarding story. might not be by him. Because uh, the story, the storyboarding is so important for for the pacing of movies and just how well yeah. they feel. Screenplay—that's the word. Nathan Parker. Yeah, I'll there's a take your word for it. It's <laughs> just, just whenever, whenever you get a whenever you have a really cool, creative, interesting movie, you always like put a pin in it. And you're, if you're like me, at least, or you're like, I want to keep a track on this this particular director and see how this turns out. And uh, oftentimes it pays off really well, uh, but it didn't with Duncan Jones. <laughs> I was not psyched. Uh, it, it did with Ryan Johnson. Holy shit. Because I, hmm. I, I noticed him when he made, uh, uh, what's it called? The the Bruce Willis movie. I don't know. Fuck. One where, where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Looper, there we go. Oh, uh, Looper is so good. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I watched Looper and I was like, ooh, keep an eye on this guy. And then and I and that's why I was really excited about The Last Jedi when I was otherwise really tepid because Force Awakens was so blah that it was like it was like this is fine. It's like, okay, this is my new state of being where Star Wars is just gonna be like Marvel where a new one comes out every few years and it's fine and you're like, I don't regret sitting in the theater, but also I don't want to watch it again. Uh <laughs> But then Last Jedi changed that for me, and it was great. And then Knives Out came out, and it was even fucking better. And it's like, fuck, every movie I watched by this guy is better than the last one. So now <laughs> I'm like, this is like that's when it pays off. Like Knives Out is such a fucking great movie. You're not recommending it today, though. No. <laughs> it's even your turn. Because it's completely arbitrary. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> my list was originally under the original premise of Netflix movies, but then I changed one of them to not be a Netflix movie when it was revealed that... I am a betrayer. Uh, that yeah, that Colonel RPGs is just a list of movies, basically. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, but everyone knows about Knives Out already. Yeah, I, I never watched it, but I've heard I, it I leaned, many times. You I talk lean, about it all the time. I lean towards movies that I generally don't think people have seen uh, for my list, so I cut a few things specifically because they were like I cut Snowpiercer and I cut a few other things that I thought too many people have seen. Nightcrawler. All of these are grim movies. <laughs> yeah, you have a really. In, uh, they didn't take place in forests, though, so they weren't good enough. <laughs> uh, Snowpiercer does it. No, Snowpiercer takes place in, in a train. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh, that one. <laughs> I know that movie. That's the entire okay. premise of the movie. Sorry, yep, you're it's right. A, you're it's, right. A, it's a train that's the last of humanity. Uh, Snowpiercer is great. I just watched it like a couple weeks ago again. Uh, is it my turn again? Yes. My next movie is a movie that we hinted at last episode called I Can't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. 
Uh, that's it's a long title, uh, and it was on my mind in part because it's a re- its title is lyrics. I can't feel at home in this world anymore is a song, and uh, it's like an old country tune thing. Uh, and specifically, it was in my mind because I've been playing Kentucky Route Zero, and Kentucky Route Zero uh, is full of countless literary references, and it's a just it's clearly made by, by very well-read people. Uh, it's, it's, it's Kentucky Route Zero is dense in a way that I can never properly, uh, appreciate both because I don't have the context and because I'm bad at sourcing some of the stuff. So I was happy that Noah, Noah Caldwell Gervais made a video about Kentucky Route Zero and he's the kind of person that's very adapt, uh, adept at making that kind of breakdown and is everyone needs to watch that channel all the time. Basically, (laughs) (laughs) Noah, he's really good. Do you know about him already? Colonel, yeah, yeah, solid channel. I, uh, uh, yeah, I followed his, him and his since con- um, since you suggested him in the uh, yeah in the other yeah. And I had him just I was just I, I part of my motivation to finish the game was waiting to because I, I wanted to watch his video on it because it was sitting there uh, in my backlog. I'm like I can't watch it yet though because I gotta finish it. But yeah, every every uh, among other things, every episode of that game has a song that that plays. That's a cover. Of various country hymns, and one of them is "I, I Can't Feel at Home in this, in this World Anymore," and it's a it's a good slow cover where a lot of them are actually kind of like in this ironic jaunty tune, despite how grim the lyrics are. Uh, hmm. It's given by the title, and uh, in a weird capital, in a weird way that kind of like matches that weird contrast of weird playfulness crossed with the grimness of it all uh the movie i don't feel at home in this world anymore is a dark comedy featuring elijah wood and an actress that i don't previously know uh melanie linsky there you go i was just trying to i was like i'm on the image search page as i often am when i talk about these things and i'm like none of these movie posters say actors names fuck there's one (laughs) i got you back she uh, she she's very prolific though. She, ha- she is she does a lot of stuff. Yeah, she she's been acting since ninety eight recurrently. So. God damn. Yeah, because other it was otherwise one of those films again where it's like I don't necessarily have faces that are jumping out at me. Like I'm not. It's not like green. It's not like green room where I'm like, oh, it's the two star the two Star Trek people are gonna fight it out and the uh, Arrested Development girl's also here. <laughs> like. I'm not like hmm. the only the only person I recognize in this movie is Elijah Wood, which is inescapable because I watched so much Lord of the Rings growing up. I watched that trilogy over and over and over. Oh, like she's it was also a New Zealand. She's also from New Zealand. Yeah, that might be why she. You don't know her from anywhere else. But uh, so you're introduced to this nurse, <clears throat> and she's just she's incredibly relatable because she's just kind of just getting through her life. Going through her, her like chores and her errands and her job and kind of like maintaining this sort of neutral mood where like adversity and just shitty moments kind of crop up, but you kind of just bulldoze through them and maybe there's like a the little hint of hope here and there and she's kind of just getting through shit. Like it's really new. It's really like minor scenes, like her, uh, like her walking in a parking lot and then a car starts backing out, but then the car stops because they see her and but then she stops because they were backing out and they keep like in this having this stalemate of who's going to go. Like they keep they both keep starting moving over and over again, but they keep stopping that kind of shit. Or like you see like 
somebody grab a bag of candy at the store and then another bag of candy falls on the floor and she and she like and they just walk away and ignore it but then she picks it up and puts it on the shelf like little things like this there's a lot mm-hmm. of like weird scenes where they're, they're strange to ex- they're strange to explain but uh in the in the moment they're all like really they're strangely endearing but also like every moment of this movie is bizarrely like entertaining just kind of watching it play out and like the weird minor interactions they're choosing to express in this film as they're setting up this character but like basically you just keep having this build up of uh, her day as just another shitty thing kind of keeps happening and some of them are subtle and just kind of the things that slowly wear you down some of them are even just her watching shitty people that she's not interacting with and it's just kind of this building thing of just like just contextualizing her outlook towards people in general and how she feels about the stuff like she literally is in a room with a patient who is just having this horrible racist rant while and then dies midway through her racist rant like just passes away <laughs> and then like it cuts to her oh with like the it cuts to her with like the family and them being like well did did she have any last words and she just stares back and then it cuts away to the next scene <laughs> cuz it's <laughs> cuz her last words were horrible <laughs> like all these all these different things uh but uh, she gets home and her house has been robbed. Oof. And this is kind of like this this moment where it kind of breaks for her. Or more specifically, she calls the police. They come in and they do the checkup. And they kind of blame her for the robbery a little bit. And also there's not particularly any real indication they're going to actually do anything about it. Which is more or less realistic. Because when, ro- when, you, when you have a burglary... Like generally speaking, not a lot happens. They come in, and it, it, it's like the TSA with airports. Like it's mostly uh, security the formality. Theater. Like it's it's all this it's all this performance that they give you to make you feel safer. So they'll come in and they'll look around and they'll take notes and they'll talk to you about what happened. And you'll probably never see any of your shit again. And they'll probably not even put that many resources into trying to find the person that attacked your place. The best case scenario is if they find somebody who robs a bunch of stuff, they might yeah. give you back some of the stuff. Like if, if somebody's on a huge tear, then then is super sloppy. They might eventually get caught, but in many cases, like a lot of a lot of crime, the vast vast majority of crimes in the United States are just never solved in across pretty much all categories. And so it really is like a, a theatrics of just kind of performing this idea that they're totally going to do something, and yeah, you can feel better now and go back to your daily life. Uh, and hope you were insured. Defund the police. Defund the police. You're, you're just gonna be like, I hope I had enough insurance to pay for this thing because uh, it's not coming back. But she's she's bothered by this because she's like she's frustrated she got by her how shit no- stolen. Yeah, she's frustrated by how nothing's <laughs> happening. She's frustrated by this like the violation of having her house broken into and like the, the how that feels for people, and also the fact that one of the things that was taken. Like the the stuff that's taken is stuff that people generally like. It's hard to convey to anyone else why you would care about it because it's like it was um it was her laptop, some medications, and her uh like her silver set. But it was specifically her mm-hmm. grandmother's silver set. It's like she has like flashes to her grandmother and stuff whenever she kind of interacts with that set and so on. And like it's like stuff that it's they're trying to convey that's important to her. But it's the kind of item that it's really hard to, to convince people matters, and it's but it's also irreplaceable. 
like insurance yeah. doesn't pay for getting your grandmother's like silver set back who passed away and everything uh so she kind of she kind of has this like snapping moment where it, uh, and it happens specifically with elijah wood where his dog shits on her grass and instead of just qu- and instead of just quietly ignoring everything, she literally like takes a like a newspaper and bundles up the shit and throws it at him in the street. <laughs> and they have like a confrontation and so on. And it's like this is the beginning of her kind of striking back at the world and like not just quietly accepting this the way that everyone's just shit all the time. And that, because it- that, that the movie's been kind of building at. Is it a cathartic movie? No. <laughs> no because it sounds like it's setting up to be no. like so, so it's nice. just pain. yeah no it's one it's, it's a it's a if anything it's a deconstruction of that kind of film where somebody just says fuck it i'm gonna go i'm gonna go take down society and show them and how wrong they are because she keeps like going through uh the steps of trying to uh track down the people like she takes it upon herself to like do her own forensic evidence and track down the people who stole her house and like confront the uh confront what's going much. on and like taking all the steps she can to do things and literally every time it never goes like the way that it would in a movie basically it's always like approached the way that these things realistically work and how stolen property realistically circulates through society and the kind of confrontations you have if you're just a person with no authority that just goes at people and so on mm-hmm. uh and it and uh, Elijah Wood, after an initial confrontation, actually joins her and like because they're the, the, the they're like they're the two people on the movie poster, like they're the ones kind of going through this all, uh, and it just keeps escalating and it keeps getting That's... grimmer and it and it gets there's a lot of <laughs> uh, abrupt violence and so on and it's uh, every single scene is entertaining in part because you have just you don't go in knowing how it'll end and every and it's uh, there's a realism to it that's distressing to in many of the scenes and it specifically mm. is sort of like this anti-movie tone to some of it that's one hell of a ride i i, I rewatched it uh right before this podcast like i just re i just finished it like 20 minutes before we started recording and i had a great time again it's a it's just a really really good movie and it's another one that i just kind of found on netflix i think it's framed as like a netflix original or something but yeah, like i just clicked it, on it, it one day and didn't know what i was getting myself into but the title kind of made me think i might know what i was getting myself into and i just it's a really good dark comedy i've only it's described it, like the first 20 minutes of it <laughs> it's uh it's a netflix original it's a it's, it's, good sh- it's distributed it is, by them. it is some good shit yeah netflix original is a very foggy term because in no, many cases it means that a movie was made in its entirety and then just kind of was getting released and in every region a different person owns it <laughs> and so like netflix yeah. like in this in this region we own the distribution for we it own, yeah and so we're gonna call it a netflix original i'm like is it though <laughs> uh but yeah i don't feel yeah. at home in this world anymore was good shit and unlike the other movies on this list it's actually funny but also it's not a comedy <laughs> it's not there's a lot of cute things and a lot of moments to laugh but there's it's not a feel-good movie which I guess mm-hmm. is, is not. I guess the title kind of spoils that, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not what we're here for. It's not no. feel good. I don't I, think we've done. Yeah, Wally is a feel good though. Yeah, Wally is a feel good. And Lupin, Lupin as well. Yeah. All right, so Andrew, wrap it up. What's your last one? Last one is uh, Children of the Sea. Um, it's 
Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's not like overly emotional. It's just a really it's just a really fun fantasy story about a girl who owns a, whose parents own an aquarium and uh two boys who were raised by sea uh shit, what were they? Can't remember what exactly which I I can't remember what animal. But any case, they were like kids that were raised by the ocean more or less. And uh they come to the aquarium and it's just about like a in what you'd expect, you know, kind of like a, oh, the sea is beautiful and precious. Please don't stop like shitting in it, kind of thing, kind of movie. So it is a feel good movie. We got another one. It's it is kind of feel good, but I don't think Gross. it's the same. It's it's not the same <laughs> level of like uh, emotions as the other ones are, except for Lupin, which is just fun. Are you seeing the the one with the teeth, Keith? Uh, no, the what? deep sea one. Yeah, there's there's like a scene with a shark with so many teeth. Yeah, there's some really weird shaped sharks out there. <laughs> like a deep like sea that. one in a part of the ocean that has like no light and it's got like a bizarre like saw blade on its face, which I believe is a real shark. Hmm. Very yeah, I think so. bizarre real shark. Sharks are weird. I mean, sharks are uh There's like deep sea sharks, sharks that don't have sight. <laughs> It's an old just, it's an old movie, isn't it though? There's like parasites that go in their eyes and destroy them, but then they just live that way. <laughs> how how old is it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I guess uh shark health insurance just hasn't reached its, know, it's, uh, it's peak yet. <laughs> they don't need health insurance. They should have healthcare provided. I mean they literally pay. do. They have a parasite that ruins their eyes and they just live with it. That is a need for <laughs> that is a need for health care. They need health care, not insurance. I mean, so who's going to pay things? for their health care? The, the, they don't, don't they pay taxes? What, the shark government? There's no shark government. Ah, <laughs> so they just need to organize. Yeah, so it, it's easier just to have insurance if you just don't have a government to fall back to. The sharks are extremely underpaid. They get a bad I, rap. I mean, it probably doesn't help that they're they're, they're not very collaborative with uh, even fellow sharks. Yeah, they're very solitary creatures, aren't they? Right. I I mean, when you're kind of built to murder pretty much anything that swims, <laughs> it's probably really hard to make That's friends that way. That's an unfair characterization of sharks. Some of them are just sweetie pies. Uh, they just want to eat plankton. There's a lot of sharks that only eat like the, the little microbes. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, like your basking sharks and whatnot. Basking sharks yeah. look terrifying, though. Let me look it up. Yeah, I, I still think I would pet a basking shark. I wouldn't pet anything in the sea, to be honest. I mean, they, they just, oh have, my a, God, they're, they, they they just have like an abyss in their face. It's terrifying. Imagine that swimming towards you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can see their bones inside that, that thing. No, those are just their gills. Oh, their gills. Okay, but it looks like bones. Yeah, it's their gills. Yeah, it's just them filter feeding. That'd be a weird place yeah. for them to have a rib cage the inside of their mouth. <laughs> I don't know. They're, look at them. Anything is possible. It's magic. Yeah, basking sharks just swim around with a with their mouth wide open, and their mouth is a giant funnel, so it looks like this death hole. And it's just, uh, if you got issues <laughs> with the ocean, the idea of that coming at you is the worst thought. Oh, they're probably just I... really shy. It's like, oh, there's somebody over there. I don't want. They, they look, fucking, they look hilarious when their mouth closes because they're dumb shaped. <laughs> I, I appreciate the 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 complexity of the ocean because we can't go there. 
Like, life in the ocean can kind of just have fun with itself because we can't really do anything about it. We can't, like, stop sharks. Oh, we can from murder existing. them all through the, it's, the it is pollution. It's so hard of the to wipe out uh, a species without, like, just literally destroying the ocean. Like, yeah, that's what yeah, I was going to say. Like, we're mostly just doing it on accident. But that's what I mean. Like, we can't, but, like, with animals that are on land, we can't, like, you don't yeah. have a deer that has a gaping mouth like that that runs and eats plants because that would be unacceptable. <laughs> we would wipe it out from the planet immediately. Could you imagine? You go to like you go to the forest and you just see this deer with like a giant mouth running and absorbing plants yeah. in a nearby radius. You'd be like, murder it. No more wipe forest. Its entire, yeah, wipe it, its entire it, kind it, out. It is straight up the equivalent of like a child running around with a butterfly net, but a shark's <laughs> face is that, and it's just yes. catching whatever fly, whatever falls in. And they look they do look very silly yeah. when they close their mouths. It's uh it's alarming. Yeah. And they're also enormous creatures, th- these ones that we're talking about. Oh yeah, basket sharks really, are massive. Really big. Yeah. Then you have whale sharks and so on. Yeah, yeah. they're big they're they're big boys. Uh but yeah, and there's a, there's something about I don't I don't know, are there shark girls? I never met one. <laughs> shark girls. Uh, I don't see no boobs. What is this? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good That's ocean how you tell? conspiracy. There's um <laughs> I don't know. I, I always see like pictures of fish in the water. I'm like, man, these are just getting real crazy. And then you look at land animals like, yeah, you guys have been pretty consistent for a long time. I think we stopped, uh, <laughs> you we stopped letting legs. you guys be. Yeah, we, well, we kind of stopped letting animals be fun with their evolution because <laughs> we just wipe them all out. You have to look closer at, at land animals to see how weird some of them are. Yeah, like birds are, birds are another one that are kind of uh, have a lot more free range to, to evolve. Because like hyenas, just... like hyenas at first glance, you're like, God. yeah, whatever. It's just like another that. Then you look closer and you study it for a while, and you're like, I'm sorry, fucking what? <laughs> How do you work? <laughs> what the fuck? You mean your legs aren't you're break- what? You're breaking they're every bi- rule. Their hind legs are phenomenal. I mean, for among hyenas? other things, the female hyena gives birth out of a penis. Oh, what? I've heard of this thing. Yeah, it's like I said, a lot of it's land animals are just penis. way it's weirder when you look at them up close. Yeah. Also, hyenas are super cute. Or like, or like the way the duck penises like just inflate inside the female as a corkscrew. Well, that's oh, like, yeah, there's surprisingly I mean, many there's, birds. There's a, lot many. Of, birds are weird. there's a lot of weird, terrifying shit on land. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, but that's not. They're not like physically terrifying they're or just like, or like deer when you start realizing like the horns grow back every year and they always grow back with velvet so every year they de-velvet which is when all the skin just kind of comes off eventually like all the fuzzy skin just sheds bloodily and they just have like this crown of gore on top of their head until it falls <laughs> off oh my god it must be so so creepy like there's, there's so much weird shit it's like uh-huh. mm-hmm. i don't know i well, uh, I think my next suggestion is going to be also a feel-good movie, except it's not. But it is because it's The Lord of the Rings, and it's the best trilogy of movies ever made, and uh, make something better, but also it's the best. I've watched I've watched Fellowship of the Rings so many times. <laughs> I th- what's your favorite? What, which one is your favorite of the three? Uh, it's, it's probably Fellowship. I think about you, uh, I think wars are often the least interesting part of a story, and that one doesn't mm. have any. Yeah, it's just the party yeah. of adventurers traveling, and you've got you've got the you got minds of Moria, you've got the big confrontation with the Urukai at the end of the film, and so on. Like it has a lot of the be- the best beats of the entire series, but no Gollum. 
Yeah. That's the selling that's point of the sequels is they have Gollum. That's only a plus. I, I, yeah, I think Fellowship's probably my favorite too. I think it it gets a little bit too... Uh, I think if Stretched. my memory serves, the last a, two start requiring me to like have a lot of care about battles that I don't care about. Whereas like the beginning is this fun little yeah, fun little like cute quest where it's like, yeah. We're gonna go save the world. It's like, Oh, that's adorable, you're gonna go save the world and then like the yeah. other two movies are like, This was a bad idea, fuck the world. It's like, Okay, <laughs> well I, I kinda like the beginning where there's a grandpa with a pipe, like <laughs> I, I I agree. My, I think my favorite is the first one. Although I I wish it was even better. There's some things that I like. It could be better. But then again, the second and the yeah, third. Yeah, I wish they had more spiders. <laughs> more, no, the spider, not the spiders. The spider is supposed to be in the second movie. No, wait, the spider is not in the first one. Yeah, I know. So um, more spiders. For, wait, second so or third? Everybody I knows forget. Lord of the Rings. Wherever the spider uh, is, it's wrong. <laughs> they move the spider in the story. Yeah, I think it shows up in the third, but it was supposed to be in the second. Yeah, because yeah. it's in the uh, second book, but it is in the third. Movie. Yeah, because it's them. Wa- they walk through the forest in the second book, but in the third movie, they're like, "Okay, now, now we're going through a forest." It's like, wait, what? How? Yeah. The thing is, <laughs> what they did is that the, in the books, the distance between, like, since Frodo getting into Moria and actually reaching the destination, it in the books it's very very long. In the in the movie, it's very short. So they cut a bunch of parts there. Uh, there's a bunch of character development as well in the in the books that, that doesn't make it to the movie. Yeah, they're long uh, books. Yeah, I really enjoyed the books, yeah. but I think like I I can understand people shying away, people who have never watched Lord of the Rings uh, shying away from it uh, because it's just so you know it's the typical fantasy setting and um, you know it's Lord of the Rings. Like I, I don't need to watch it; I can absorb it through cultural osmosis because uh, that's another thing. Um, but um, I, I really like them I mean, because they. I, were, I think the Fellowship is one of the best movies ever, but that might be just. I think I think they're just favoritism. so well made. They're just like from a cinematography perspective, and from writing perspective, really well made, really well acted as well, edited, yeah. just fantastic. Uh, the, but, the Fellowship is also has the highlight of being the most similar to uh, to the, the Hobbit. Oh, the Hobbit. Because you, you, you have the band of adventurers and they're being stalked by a foe and they have their mission and everything and it's not about this mm. big global war and so on yet. Like I, nah, I, I think see. of like one of the most impactful scenes that haunts me to this day in cinema is them all hiding underneath the roots as the uh, rain mm-hmm. wraiths are, yeah. are looking for them and like that yeah. th- like th- moments like that are just so burned into my brain and the sequels are yeah. kind of just like a, yeah those were good. But it's not it's not yeah. full of these things that are like seared into my mind. The first one is amazing. And they came there, out only one so year many apart, places. so it's probably not an age thing. Yeah, the, the, we and especially because it's been so long, it's not like I think I think I've rewatched them many, many times. So, but um I th- I I agree with you. The first one has just so many moments that are really good. Um and in unlike the second and the third, there's not really that many like scary places where it, it slows down. Scary elf lady, yeah. Visit her at a little pool and she gets elf. scary Moria, for a moment. <laughs> Moria for me is the best part. It's just like yeah, self-contained. Fly, you fools. It's so good. It's just so good. Moria is the best part. Just of the, the whole escalating, trilogy. ratcheting, the continually ratcheted tension during the entire staircase scene mm-hmm. that eventually has the Balrog in it and everything. It's just so much. <laughs> it's such a good <laughs> it, scene from front to back. It's so good. It, Absolutely. 
And it benefits from not having the whole team dispersed, which is the problem with the second and the third movie. It doesn't really spoil it, but it's still... Because people are sort of spread out, it makes it a lot more difficult yeah, to follow. Yeah, the whole, the whole cast he, is together in the first movie, and they're never together again. Yeah. So my takeaway from Lord of the Rings is that, first off, Sam, Samwise Gamgee, uh, he's the main character. Yeah. Uh, and So th- th- that's that's the thing. And uh, it's a movie. They dedicate a whole scene just to the fact that he's about to go further than he's ever gone from home. There's, yeah. Here it is, right in this line. The Sam first is, ever gone is, from the Shire. Sam and Parvati are the two best ca- characters in fiction ever. And Parvati? that's them too. Yeah. <laughs> Parvati is, is like when you analyze her, she's fantastic. Who's Parvati? From the Outer Worlds. Oh. Not, not the, not the Hindu like, goddess or who Avatar. Who cares about Parvati from <laughs> Harry Potter? <laughs> oh, I don't know. No. Let's not like, talk about that. The know. fucking like 75th most important character in the books. <laughs> No, 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 I'm talking the, fiction as a, yeah, as a whole. It's the only other time I've seen that name. And The Lord of the Rings as a trilogy is a movie about, and without spoilers, although who cares at this point, but still, it's a, a sequence of movies and books about how ev- nothing is ever going to be the same. Movies make this, movies and fiction make this story about you fighting against a, a great evil or or maybe not it's not that great but it's still an evil or just some bad things and you want them you want things to go back to what they were or to just sort of get some justice or you know fix up wrong but lord of the rings is about that's not really going to happen but it doesn't mean that things can't get better and uh, uh speeches like sam's do- do things get better in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> if you read the books, it, it gets a little bit more obvious that they do. But the mo- the movies, I think, really drive that point home. Like the whole, <laughs> you never get that that ending of of uh, oh, everything is fixed. But you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that they don't achieve their goals. Like but a I very that, unnecessary amount of people died in Lord of the yeah. Rings. <laughs> but what I mean, like what I mean is, it doesn't mean that the world that comes after can't be good as well and and that that is a a lesson that sort of formed my understanding of fiction because i read the books when i was like 16 17 i feel like it depends on who you ask i think the elves were having a pretty chill time uh without Uh, any of this weird human (laughs) war going on and the dwarves just didn't know what problems existed until they finally came outside like canonically speaking the elves weren't having a good time and they don't they, really. They go dealt for with a, the orcs, but that's about it. Like no, as no, long they were as orcs, at war. They were at war, war with the with Sauron in the northeast. This is like lore. Is that the orcs? Stuff. No, no, no. The so Sauron, uh, who gets retroactively added to the Mirkwood. Uh, is it Mirkwood? It's the forest that they go through in the Hobbit. Uh, originally, it was a necromancer, and the whole elf kingdom of the forests in the east. Um, they they were at war with that necromancer and the spiders and all that. That was like a big mess. And that's the reason why Lorien is where it is. I think Galadriel had to flee where she was, if I'm not mistaken. Because I think the in like the big introduction to Lorien, or is it Lorien? Loriath? What is it called? I genuinely I don't know. You. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, this is like super lore stuff. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean much. to get into, I, into that. Like, from the show when it starts, everyone seems to be kind of, well, besides humans, everyone else seems to be kind of having a pretty chill life 
Like I they're see. all just hanging out and not doing much, and then the, yeah, like, the, the movies don't really paint that. That yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like but, let's but do a, let's explain. do a quest, and this quest like just murders so many people, and it's like goddamn. Yeah. The books right. really go into into detail about that. So no one could just like summon like Gandalf can't just use this stupid goddamn bird to fly the volcano and just shoot an arrow with a ring attached to it into the lava pit. <laughs> make this easier. Do you know that that um, that speech that Sam has on top of the uh, in that city in the uh, Ungoliath? I think no, it's not Ungoliath. Down in south, when Frodo is like, "I want to give up. I don't know what we're doing this for," and then Sam yeah. has this speech, the the one about um, why should we continue fighting? Do you know that speech? Yeah, I remember the speech. I think for me, that's the Lord of the Rings in a nutshell. That's the whole theme of the whole everything. It's that thing. And, like, you're going to lose so much stuff. And, and so many things that don't go right and people that die needlessly. But, you know, that doesn't mean that the future can't be good as well. And I, I like, yeah. That's, that's Lord of the Rings for me. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger, they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, the shadow. Even darkness must pass. A day, mu- a day, a new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had a lot of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they were holding on to something. That there's God some good it, in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. That's so great. That's a really good. It's a really good speech. Uh, I love. I, I love can, that. It's, the, it's awesome. <laughs> I can. I can see it's how great. it would sway people. And I th- it's like the thematic nucleus of the of the the everything. And that's why I think Sam is the one of the best characters ever. Oh, that was a way better speech in that movie. There is. Yeah. Which one? Now we wish to catch a fish so juicy sweet. <laughs> That's a great mo- acting moment. That's different. That's it different. certainly it certainly was a blockbuster speech. Uh, yeah. So that's know. it. That's it my was... movies. That's my recommendations. It's a pretty solid list. All right. My final one is another Bad Times in the Forest movie. It was <laughs> It got canceled, and then uncanceled, and then recanceled, kind of, and then it came out eventually. And they finally were just like, "Fuck it!" Like the advertising campaign was just judge it for yourself, just like just just make up your own mind because like the controversy about its existence was the entire narrative about it. So its entire slogan and branding and advertising and poster just became about the idea of like it's the movie everyone's mad at would you like to it's yeah there it is i found that it. it's like it just says decide well. for yourself <laughs> it's one of the posters <laughs> and they they cut they scribble over the previous date and just yeah. go march 13 it's not september yeah it got condemned by the president and then it did there's a whole media circuit all being mad at it and uh it got canceled and pushed back uh, yeah, it eventually came out six months after its originally planned date. And it, I think and then on top of that, the virus happened. So 
I think when it um, even at its delayed time, it then had to come out as an on-demand movie because uh, it couldn't go to theaters at that point. So it, it, like yeah. it just hardship after hardship. And then finally, I, I just I my curiosity got the better of me, and I watched it, not really expecting much, honestly. Uh, but it was great. <laughs> so we're talking about the hunt, <laughs> uh, which eventually came out in 2020. It's one of those times where the the, the declared year, because you always identify movies by the year they come out in, so you can clarify, uh, changed mm-hmm. because of all the shit. Uh, it's it's fucking great. <laughs> Uh, it's a really solid film, uh, and I, I tested it again. So I, I went to rewatch it, and I brought Stephanie along, and then she loved it too. And it's just like it's just solid all around. It's such a cool film. Uh, the premise is that a bunch of people uh, they all wake up in a field, basically in the middle of the forest, and they start getting shot by unseen people. And that people keep whispering about this idea that like there's these like there's like these evil rich liberals that uh, that capture people and they uh, they they go hunt them at their on their estate that they have at so and so and so on like there's this like a conservative conspiracy is is, is that goes around a lot as this particular idea and so they'll and so they're 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 talking about like like that this is the hunt this is the hunt that you guys hear about like it's like Hunger Games or whatever uh, but it's just bizarrely funny like in every like and like both like on the liberal liberal side and the conservative side and so on like a lot of these different characters are just incredible in how they're written and there's so many moments like there's just like there's a lot of moments where like things just get said that just confirm certain things and you're just like you're just ready for it like okay here it comes here it comes like so i have a podcast and like fuck this guy <laughs> like there's so many moments where the writing is so fucking sharp and it's so fucking funny all the way through. And it's really is one of those things where it is just decide for yourself. Like that 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 really being the, the final like I give up slogan at the end. Because it's it's such an interesting film and it has so many things to do that are way more clever than anything anyone's really ready to give it credit for. And if you if you're on board for my general movie choices and this kind of like mix of dark humor and violence and so on, uh, it really goes places and it's almost impossible to talk about in part because even the opening is incredibly clever. So I can't talk about how the movie starts really either. (laughs) Like it's a wreck me talking about this movie. I can't every scene if you want to talk about movies where it all coherently makes sense structure wise, but while I'm watching it, I have no fucking clue what's going to happen from scene to scene. The hunt is that movie. Cause I had no idea what was going to happen continuously. And it was just a fucking ride. Uh, and don't watch, don't watch a single thing about it. In some ways, the fucking cover of the movie is a spoiler, which is a bummer. <laughs> like it's a, wreck. I saw it. It's a wreck. Everything like it. it it's the cover. there's so much clever, interesting shit going on from the first minute of the movie that even the movie poster is kind of a spoiler. If you see the ro- if you see certain versions of it, it like, seems I, like it's a movie that's uh, very much aimed for people who are tuned into modern day politics in the United States. 
to some extent yeah is this just a is this a joke on fox hunting is that the idea it's a movie that's practically designed to be prejudged uh I, I, I really, I do really love about this other poster that just says the most talked about movie of the year is one that's no one's actually seen. <laughs> it's just the that's just the fucking movie's advertisement about itself, and it's accurate because so many people keep sounding off with opinions of this movie, but like nobody knows what it is. I had a great day because I had a, I had a double feature where I watched uh, The Hunt and invisible man back to back and i'm like fuck these movies are like fucking flawless like they're fantastic what a way to end 2020 because as we all know the 2020 cinematic year ended in like february <laughs> and then, it, then movies died forever and they're never coming back so yeah. uh, but my final movie going experience uh was on it was technically on demand but i was like i was like oh i guess movies are dead now but i watched uh, i want to also uh, specify yeah okay never mind yeah. specified for the year Sorry. Yeah, but I, in but as tw- as twenty twenty was winding down immediately and movies looked doomed, I watched The Hunt and Invisible Man back to back, and what a great fucking night! <laughs> uh, hmm. And I recommend The Hunt in particular because Invisible Man gets it's great too, but it gets a fair amount of recommendations. But like, I only heard about The Hunt during the controversies that happened when it got canceled, and so on. Like. Set, like I heard about it like eight months before it came out, but I never heard about it when it actually came out, and I don't think anyone really watched it. And I've definitely seen I, people not like it, uh, which it happens. made its money back. Apparently, but, those are, but the people that don't like it are people who I think have very boring uh, movie taste. So if you think you're <laughs> vibing with me, then you, you should see this film. <laughs> Hot takes. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, you know what it's even... like. That there's certain people in your life where if they like a movie, you're like, oh yeah. But then there's other people in your life where if they like a movie, you're like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to watch that movie now because they like it. <laughs> they and like they, it. They only like really boring, shitty movies, and they hate all the really interesting films. That's uh, all my friends. You have that. Every have, one of them. Yeah, you have a different movie I mean, relationship yeah. with everyone in your life, and so on. Yeah. Including that, and that's, what, that's, and that's what this is. Like, we have such different lists, and the audience has to figure out what they think to do about those. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I don't even, I've never even heard of this movie. Yeah. The uh, lead actress, which I can't even say who they are because that's also a spoiler, uh, is. But it I, is? But yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, you just, well, ju- just looking at anything about this movie spoils stuff that the, that oh. the movie makers clearly didn't this, want spoiled it's frustrating yeah like, this they, film like every single DVD movie cover post, yeah says i have closed the page i hate so, it i hate it every poster every poster of this movie should be the pig oh the pig is not the spoiler no oh okay the, the cover there, of this movie should just be the pig and the hunt and that's it because everything else is kind of already giving away shit about this movie that is clever that kind of and it's kind of a bummer uh yeah, like this lead actress, I did not know her, and she's so fucking good. And there's so many nuances to her performance that are so fun to watch, and there's the and it adds to the kind of mystery of what the fuck's going on with certain aspects. But also, like sometimes, just if you have a really fun to watch main character that has like that surprises you in certain ways along the way and makes the whole thing a ride, that can be a lot of fun. And this one pulls serious weight, and it stands up to rewatching because I've already rewatched it. I've rewatched most of these movies. That's I think that's Good very shit. important. I 
I can tell when I'm watching a movie and I like I, I know that it's not going to yeah. be fun on the rewatch. It spoils my first watch. Yeah. Because it's like... <sighs> like, I talk about no spoilers and, and go into this as blind as possible with a bunch of these movies, but uh, they also stand up to rewatches. It's just that you can get the strongest viewing experience not knowing a lot of the stuff that's going to happen and going mm-hmm. in as blind as possible. And then afterwards, I think you, like... You both like you like structurally like respect the film and like you you experience it in a different way the second time around and it's cool but you also get to like dip back into your memories of how you reacted the first time so it's like a good a good first viewing of a film adds to subsequent viewings I think mm-hmm. and the hunt is a ride hmm. I'm bummed out that no one talks about it except for when they were mad at it for having never seen it before. A year ago. <laughs> to be fair, well, I mean, to be fair, nobody talks about anything the, this year. This year is such a weird thing for public, for yeah. understanding where the public is. It's part of me. Yeah. I watched the Sonic movie. <laughs> it was it was the greatest movie of all time. If you go outside, it's the only you... movie you see advertisements for still. So it must have been the only good movie. I must that people are also. <laughs> People are also people are just dumb motherfuckers. I mean, <laughs> they really are. Like the controversy but, was this it was the conservative circuit circulating this idea that this is a movie where it's about liberals hunting conservatives and like if this was the other way around it would be so bad and blah 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 and like I'm like I'm sorry, did you see the premise of this movie and think that like the hunters were the like the good guys in the movie? Like have you seen any yes. movie? ever yeah it, it, look, <laughs> like, if somebody has if someone has a gun and they're killing people they must be the good like, guys generally speaking if, if you're doing like the devil's dangerous game is man and stuff like that generally speaking every almost every narrative is framed from the underdog's perspective you know that right like there there's a lot of people that <laughs> that look at the indiana jones and the coven of the lost ark and they say indiana jones is an anti-hero no because i'm just like i'm I'm just so confused by the anger because they just assumed by default in a particular direction. I'm just like, what the fuck? I also just dig this whole Bloomhouse thing where they just keep publishing kind of risky uh, films that are low budget and it obviously works for them. I think Bloomhouse also did uh, Us and Get Out and they also did uh, they also did The Purge and they also did uh, Invisible Man. Like I did a, that was a Bloomhouse double feature when I watched them both back to back. Like they make some, they put out some really cool shit as an incident of their all, their kind of like shotgun approach to to publishing movies. That uh, I I think that's really healthy for the genre or for any genre really. It's the better way to make movies than yeah. making like three hundred million dollar movies that have to be from workshopped a, and have to fit every possible demographic and not have gay artistic, people in it because that's going to scare away China or whatever. From an artistic perspective, but also from a monetary perspective, does China like, like the hunt? <laughs> i think i think the hunt can, might be incoherent in china can they relate to it is it like the hunt you, is a very how, american movie how do you based. make the hunt relatable on an international level yeah that probably yeah that probably is a is a tricky thing to to sell to a big it's not for a big it's budget. not tricky you don't need to it doesn't you don't need to make for, media for everybody you can make media just for one person no, no, no okay. but what I mean is, like, <laughs> Disney is never going to make The Hunt. Well, Disney barely <laughs> makes their own movies anymore. That's true. Yeah, Disney only makes things that are offensive on accident. Y- yeah. 
but is it on accident? Uh, yes. Disney mm. literally only works to make itself as consumer friendly as possible, and if any time it isn't, it's it's a misstep. Every 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 like breath they take is to make more money by being but, uh, favorable in the eyes of a consumer. But think about it like this: if it's polemic, then it gets advertisement for free. Uh, Disney doesn't like bad advertisement. They don't believe in the idea that like true, all advertisements actually. good advertisements. Yeah. They don't. They don't buy that's, that. That's a good shit. point. <laughs> also, it's also, not true. That's also, a, that's a. It's a f- no, it worked for certain things. I mean, uh, you have Trump in the White House. That's not that's a bad press. Elected. Is good press type thing. That's just a. That's what Attention. happens when you culminate decades of poor education and conspiracy theories into one giant cesspool of a human. Attention, like, whatever just, it is, it's so important that's for... That's definitely the, the QAnon side. Yeah, like, it's not... it. It's not. It's not that bad press is not. It's not that all press is good press. It's that, like, bad press it kind can of is though. Result. Yeah, the media circuit was very much wor- willing to just give him all the time he wanted and give him endless attention, and that just made. Yeah. If you just see but somebody enough, I'm saying like if you just see somebody enough, even if you're covering them negatively, which they often yeah. were, just the constant coverage projects the idea that this is a person to be taken seriously. There's actual, important. there's actual studies that uh, establish correlations between the amount of coverage candidates get and how many votes they get. It's like uh, proportional, well, uh, and of course, correlation uh, is not causation. But we're never getting you know. out of this hellhole. It's why every time there's a debate, everyone talks about how many seconds each one got to talk. Yeah, because Super that's important. that's half of the fight. Is just how much how much can you fight for time during the debate? Because then when we're talking that, about. All, about all the, movies, all, like it's even worse than it's even more important because people don't see the movie in the coverage. They want to see whatever. All elements you know, of see public what, opinion are almost entirely superficial, weird, nonsensical things that are completely tangential to what people are saying during the debates and so on. Like that's for the actual debates. They always talk about how well composed somebody was, or like public opinion always correlates with how long each person got screen time, basically. And like they have all these fucking Ben Shapiro debates where he. Like, he's talking down to somebody from a stage, so he inherently looks like he's winning no matter what. And he can say the most asinine, nonsensical arguments that don't even address what the person said that he's debating. But he always looks like he won. Like, it, it doesn't matter what anyone says during debates. They're bullshit. It's theatrics. Mm. Reassuring. Yeah. Well, hopefully... Uh, Nobody's as smart as they think they are. We're fucked. Hopefully Europe <laughs> will But a lot of people are smarter than Ben Shapiro. It's super relatable <laughs> if you're not from... Uh, if you're anywhere but the United States. Yeah. If you're in the United States, The Hunt apparently is a bad movie that only pushes... Uh, oh, did you agendas. find, like, regional opin- like reviews of the movie or something? No, I'm just, like, looking at all the press coverage and it's just like, I can't believe they're condoning violence. I'm like, I don't... What the fuck do you think <laughs> Pearl Harbor was? You think Pearl Harbor was like a, oh, no, we should never do war? Or was it like, they yeah, got- fuck Japan? Like <laughs> Saving private saving private Ryan, just people being like, oh, no, they yeah, should like, have tried to reason with the Nazis. It's weird to, it's weird to no, argue wait, this, I'm not but equi- it's by I'm the, not equating this to the hunt. 
Sorry. It's also weird to argue this. Like all the press coverage is like, wow, this is really un, uh, unacceptable. When these people made the Purge, a movie about hunting people on one day of the year where it's legal. <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck, idiots? What did you it, think was gonna the movie was gonna be about? Like God. It's from the same. Yeah, it's essentially the same subgenre of the other franchise that Bloomhouse is known for. And but they like suddenly forgot what the plot of the Purge was and can't possibly comprehend like what side the audience might be rooting for in the film and so on. <laughs> Jesus like what Christ. you mean we're, you mean we don't cheer for the elites that are gunning people down weird that's yeah it, you've blown my mind it, yeah i guess i'm wrong about the hunt said no one ever <laughs> I, I, it's yeah it feels <laughs> that's a weird that's a, an interesting thing to say about a movie <laughs> i it, no it's just it's seriously weird to look at controversy because well, no one changes their people. mind ever yeah because no, they make up too. your mind and then stick with it situation I don't know. It just—it's a fucking movie. Just don't watch it if you don't like it. God. <laughs> I just like I—I—I I, I mean, I hate Transformers, but I'm not like—I'm not like I'm not gonna write like a 300-page thing about how this is destroying uh, the fabric of discourse in America, and I can't believe that Optimus Prime is allowed to have a sword. Like, think of all the samurai that are offended that Optimus Prime is a fucking 20-foot sword and they can never own one. Like, shut the fuck up. This is a stand. And even then, that would be... There's, that would be A lot of this deep. is, like, this is ridiculous. It's, like, it's it's saying that uh, some people don't don't deserve to have the same rights as other people. It's like, that's not what this movie clearly is about at all. What are you... Have you... Have you seen the movie? What Andrew, is, what's your argument? People complain about the vagina bones in the... In, a, in the... Uh, in the uh, game... Cover art thing. Like, the vagina bones not the vagina bones they have to be there how else do you know if it's human <laughs> how else do you know you what i'm know talking about if it's human do you know what i'm talking about you're talking about uh tsubasa and tokyo mirage sessions i think so yes and there's like a change in the cover from japan to <laughs> wait a second well it's, it was uh <laughs> she is a she does a music video where she has an open midriff and they they remove like lines from her character model in the uh u.s version of the game because she had like the v going on and it was yeah and somebody complained that they re- they removed or they're censored her yeah they, they, bones. they said it in the most distressing possible way yes when they said <laughs> that they censored the vagina bones and it's like i <laughs> that's uh, nothing how that any of that works i want to point well, out by the way that the the hunt made more money to uh, uh, uh outside of the u.s <laughs> <laughs> That's Which means the, that uh, I guess Europe can relate to Americans <laughs> killing I mean, each they, other. They're, like, they're just watching <laughs> us constantly anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's a constant all eyes on the U.S. situation where people are like, please don't burn it down. Please don't burn it down. Please don't burn it down. I wonder if they're watching and they're like, oh, now I understand America. A lot better now. Thank you, Hunt, for coming oh, out. God. Like, <laughs> I need to watch the Hunt. It I, makes I so much to. more sense. It's just people killing each other. That's it. <laughs> like, that's that's all it is. Wow, that's the all the docu- damn country The is. American documentary, The Hunt. I mean, and 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 the soundtrack by um, what's his name? The Gambino, Childish Gambino, what? Childish Gambino. Yeah, sound, yeah, soundtrack Childish Gambino. This is, is America it? and The Hunt, and that's it. Oh, I thought you were saying that soundtrack that's is the by Childish Gambino. I'm like, what? No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying like that. That would be our perception of America. Yeah. That's a good song, though. Like from a lyric, it's a good perspective music video. And from a song, yeah, the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, it doesn't tell me. I think he retired like, that character. Probably. The Childish Gambino or the yeah. music, music video? Oh. It probably served its purpose. Because that was a... Uh, uh, God, who's that guy? It's a... Yeah, Donald Glover. Oh, right. Yeah. I, think he's do- I think he said he was done with Childish Gambino, or at least that, that's what Stephanie told me. Hmm. It'll be the end of that. If he makes more music in the future, it'll be like a different thing or something. We're kind of going back to the same subject we kind of started with, talking about Rage Against the Machine and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's also a comedian. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's from yeah. Community. Yeah, Donald Glover's a comedian. Yep. Plays a lot of comedy but characters. He's in Georgia, uh, Atlanta. Not Georgia. It's Atlanta's in Georgia. Uh, he's in the show Atlanta. He's he was in the show Community for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Thirty Rock. Those are very American sitcoms that they don't they don't get a lot of cover here coverage here in in uh, Europe as far as I know anyway. Atlanta might I've heard of Atlanta a bunch of times. Got some ties to Spider Man. He has the smoothest eyebrows. His eyebrows are like. Look at that. And he, so that's Lan- how he also played Lando Calrissian in the solo movie. Oh, yeah, he did. Poor guy. Yeah. That good, good Star Wars movie. God. Very good. Oh, God. He also played Simba in the Lion King remake. Oh, God. Poor guy. God. He's getting the worst roles. Can Holy catch a shit. break. Those are some fucking roles. Yeah, what happened? I would fire my, I would fire my fucking <laughs> I mean, I'm sure agent. he made money. Oh yeah, still, that's all that matters. I would, I would still be like, man, you're not helping me get new jobs though. He's, he also has an ongoing connection to uh, Spider-Man. Like he, mm, he, does he? Yeah, because he plays Miles Morales in the Ultimate Spider-Man show. Oh, that's and, yeah, that's why where I know I, his face from. And I think that I think that might be why he. Uh, I think that might have been a nod to that. Might have been why he they put him in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Just has like one scene. He's the guy that gets webbed to the car. Uh, but he's like, <laughs> but like he's a cameo. Named, but he, yeah, he has, but he has a name that people found significant that set up the idea that he might be a future villain. Oh. Because he has like the name of a Spider-Man villain. So it's like, mm, are they planting the idea of Donald Glover being like the third movie's villain or the fourth movie's villain or the twelfth movie's villain? Because <laughs> nothing will die. I'll watch one before I die. One, su- one you know, superhero movie. Sometime. Uh Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> or Harley Quinn. I'll let them let them pile up and I'll choose one after in the next few decades. Most of the everything else is just bleh. It's, it's just uh, like it's there. It, it's an entertaining way to spend a couple hours, but you'll forget it quickly. Yeah, I still. But the Guardian series deals with themes and Harley Quinn's just really entertaining. Mm. I would probably recommend watching. Uh, which one was it? Um, crap! I can't remember what year. It we're was. bad at recommendations today. We, uh, we recommended recomm- like thirty movies. Yeah, we recommended <laughs> a lot of movies. We did. Crap! Which one was it? No, not I don't that know. One. Is Damn it a it. Spider-Man movie? I'm trying to I'm trying to. Remember. Is it a Wolverine movie? <laughs> the two no. spi- the two heroes. The two heroes. It's the, the ones I know. The Spooderman also- and the Huge Jacked Man. That's what it was. 1977, The Incredible Hulk. That's probably the only 
because comic book movie <laughs> oh, you that... need to watch and you'll be done. His favorite yeah, hero is the Hulk. I actually watched that one and I kind of liked it. It's also yeah, with it's, the, it's a, a good character. Is that actor. with Lou Ferrigno? Yeah. Oops, I didn't mean to do whatever I just did. Okay, that's fine. Um, I didn't say that right. His name's like melded together into one name. I don't even. No, really, it's Lou Ferrigno. If uh, I try to think about it too much, I can't tell you what it, his name even is. It's Lou Ferrigno. Ferrigging, something like that. Yeah. You can Google Translate it. I don't know. I typed. I typed Hulk and then L and then autocomplete the Hulk Lou Ferrigno. So his so his first name is Lou. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno. It just, it, it just flows together as like Lou Ferrigno. And I, I, when I think about it, I'm like, wait, how do you break that down? What's his actual name? <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was. That's a fun Hulk movie. That's a fun comic book movie. The rest of them are all just. Like, who names their fucking... baby Loofer? <laughs> Loofer. You know, that's, that's uh, a He's got kind of a Loofer face. <laughs> make sure, he does when have you're taking a your shower, face, though. make sure you wash your back with your Loofer. <laughs> he does have a very Loofer face, though. Sounds like a, that sounds his, like something you could you can meme in the like twenty twenties. If he if he if he heard me say this, I would be running away. Though I mean, yeah, he could like break your back with his bare hands. He's a giant yes. man, but uh, he's also a really good Hulk. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly because he can actually rip shirts himself, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. Without his hands, most likely. Well, like I'm, he can not, just flex. I'm not expecting like Mark Rubio to rip a shirt. Like he's not. He's not gonna do Mark that. Rubio. Whatever Who's Mark his Rubio? name is, Ruben? the one that I. <laughs> what the fuck is that guy's name? The guy who Mark, played Hulk in the new Mark one. Ruffalo. Ruffalo. There you go. Whatever. Some Mark. Some stupid Mark. I don't remember. There's like a million of them. There's like Mark Wahlberg, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, Mark, Marco uh, Ruff- Rubio. That's the yeah. one I'm thinking of. Now people know. are just I... imagining this Republican senator just tearing out of his clothes. <laughs> He probably couldn't. That's what I'm saying. He can't do it. He's too fucking weak. He just sit there like tearing. Like uh, he is. Uh, he is too weak to be senator. I mean, throw him away. Why do you think the Hulk is CGI? Because the only the only strong men don't want, can't play yeah. Hulk anymore. Well, they also wanted to make him actually Hulk sized, which no human can also, be. Also, sure Ruffalo is not a you very... You just gotta make everyone else tiny compared to that <laughs> yeah. human model. You just gotta use uh, forced perspective for the entire <laughs> cinematic universe. Like That'd a, be so weird. Like in Lord I of the Rings. I would love that. I would yeah. love that That'd so be so much. convoluted so fast. <laughs> Imagine like a fist fight that's forced perspective so they're like 20 <laughs> feet apart from each other punching at each other. <laughs> I love the idea that he would be like Mark Ruffalo standing on a box and so and he's like you know like 20 feet away but standing on a box so he has like the higher ground and you have like tony uh, tony stark um whatever what is his name tony stark i suppose no what's his real name though what's the actor's name i don't remember his name now uh elon musk uh no (laughs) it's Uh, not i know isn't that the meme though tony stark actually tony stark's actually intelligent um He's a, an it's inventor. A fair point. He does things. Fair, fair point. Uh, da, da, da. What's your name? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, That's I'm imagining Robert Downey Jr. is like laying on the ground, like putting his back really arched up so it looks like he's standing from the camera's perspective, which is also laying on the ground, looking behind him, just so we can get this like perfect perspective size of a full-size Hulk. <laughs> 
Which the problem with forced perspective great. is the size of the head, I feel. Because it just doesn't... You can like just increase the... it in post. Just make it really oh. big. Bigger than his body. So that way people are questioning, like, wait, is it No, that's, not, that's the opposite. Like... It's the opposite you need to do. It needs to be smaller. If it's going to be bigger, it needs to be the head needs to be smaller. Anyways, every video game should have big head mode because it's 2020 <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm not accepting this crap anymore where everybody looks realistic. Come on, man. <laughs> and also, and I need help that, shooting think... Lucio. That too, yeah. That too. Give him a giant head. <laughs> Give him a... Audio medic! <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we reached the three-hour mark. Yep, yes. that was, a, that was oh. a lot. This one was a was lot. Too much. Much. Mm-hmm. My God. Next time we won't do a list because apparently that takes way too long to get through. No, we just do three <laughs> movies and we can do three hours again, but just with three movies. <laughs> I'll just cut it into two episodes. <laughs> uh, are you really going to cut it this one? I might. I think it might be almost four hours long. It's oh. three and a half hours, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. I might mm. just cut it and then release the second half on like Thursday. Well, Ooh, I guess people two. are gonna know by the time they're listening to this, unless you got, this you is gotta, out of the you cut. Gotta, you gotta farm those views. Like, ah, oh, well, this is this is <laughs> too much content too for much. one view. You're gonna have to give us two view. That'll change the That'll increase the ad revenue of the video from fifty cents to a dollar. Don't, don't forget to <laughs> ring the bell. <laughs> To ring the like bell button. so you can get 17 notifications from day, to, per, per day from my channel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the bell ringing is... Uh, is I a, actively is, tell people not to do that God, on my channel. If, it's, if it's you a ring a bell concept. on my channel, there better be some kind of like stream-only notification because that's the only one you'd want a bell for. I think you can. Yeah, YouTube doesn't... Yeah, I think that yeah, would be a thing. That? I've never rung a single bell. I'm going to ring one right now. I just now use the see. subscriber page correctly. Uh, and all I, and personalized I or none? What happens I just, if I personalize? Personalize is how it is by default. Yeah. I just decide oh. on the fly, like, if I'm going to watch a video or not. And then, like, I'm, I'll just be like, eh, I'm not going to watch that one. I just hide it. <laughs> and then when I refresh, it goes away. And then That's everything, what I do. And everything else I add to the currently watching eyes playlist and currently watching ears playlist. <laughs> or I think it's called audio. I think it's called eyes and audio is what I called them. Uh, it's just like, this is the one I watch when I'm watching the screen. And this is the playlist that I have run when I'm multitasking. And they just kind of filter in that way. But I, I live on YouTube. So I have I have the time <laughs> to like overly curate my subscriptions as they come in. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll just, see you all uh, guys next time. You can send your questions into dialogue choices podcast at gmail.com. In future episodes, we'll actually answer some. But this oh, one, no, we, we had didn't, a, we didn't this, do that. This time, we had nope. a project, so it uh, it took up time. And this was only three fourths of our movie recommendations. Yes, Stephanie needs to come in and recommend her five movies at some point. <laughs> it's gonna be another four hours. All right, guys. We- uh, next week, we're gonna do five uh, five <laughs> video games we recommend. This is what happens when you give yourself a structured goal, but also are doing a podcast where people just talk. <laughs> but <it's, laughs> and those it two needs things to be five, fight. It needs to be five games on the Switch. Uh, oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah, oh, no, right? That's going to be hard. Name, name and they, Oh, and they can't be Nintendo games. I was about they to say, to they have to not Nintendo be published games. by Nintendo. That's what yeah. makes it hard. Otherwise, I would just put, yeah. say five Nintendo games. No, you know what? Sorry. Give me the top five. I, give me the top five Wii U games that weren't made by Nintendo. I can't. Oh, That's easier. I don't know the top five. 
My is top it? five or just the top five? Uh, your top five, whatever your your, your oh, five uh, favorite yeah. Wii U exclusive non uh, Nintendo published games. Oh, it needs to be exclusive. My yeah, God, absolutely, no it has to be a Wii U only game. Come on, I have no idea. I've never oh, even like, seen one. Do all the ones that have been ported to the Switch get removed from nope. the list? <laughs> uh, yes, they do. Yeah, if they are available on oh, other God. consoles, you cannot use them now. This takes too much research. Zombie U. That's it. I That's made, it. That's the only one. Nef- no, Zombie U is not exclusive. Uh, oh, did they put exclusive. it on other stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. you're right. I yeah. forgot they did. Almost everything on the Switch got scavenged. I mean, to, to be fair, poor Game- developers and, and publishers who yeah, games are expensive and the Switch did badly. So they yeah, the, Wii, the Wii U, the Wii U did. Yeah, badly. the Wii U did badly. So almost everything got moved to either the Switch or other platforms eventually. I can recommend right now before we end because I don't think we ended. Uh, the, the 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 play play darkest dungeon on the Wii on the on the 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 the, 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 the new switch that's the one play darkest dungeon because it's very good switch? because it's it's the best place to, to enjoy it that's my recommendation because the game never <laughs> fucking ends <laughs> so also to... Keith is, a, is afraid of it Keith is afraid of darkest dungeon at the time like, I at the time I stopped, it was one I, of my most played games ever on the channel. And it was just like, <laughs> wow, start over and play five hundred more hours. I'm like, no. I'm Jesus Christ. With you. It is a very good game though. Too much fun game. If you are into that, but I'm messing with Keith. Keith, uh, Keith has a very uh anger relationship with Diablo like games that just kind of don't want to end ever. They just want to I specifically liked how it wasn't Diablo like in its original beta version, but then they kept adding infinite treadmills endlessly onto it the longer it was and in development the, the more the game just kept adding dozens of hours to its playtime, and i'm just like jesus and you, christ you didn't play the uh the with the expansions the game gets so difficult and so big with the expansions it's unbelievable it's unrecognizable it's, honestly. that game's just exhausting eventually <laughs> it is very exhausting yes and it's like but and it also is. when i played it, it had the xcom problem where like in like when we play the two the the two 3d xcoms that have come out uh mm. And I guess there's a spinoff now, too. They're really tense and scary and difficult and, like, tough choices and, like, sweaty palms and all that for, like, the first, like, ten hours. And then they become a cakewalk. Like, at some point, your power, like, snowballs and it makes... Dark it, tri- it trivializes them. It certainly used to. Or it's just, like... It did. It did. That's why now it's so difficult. You get to the end of yeah. the game, last few missions are terrifying there was a long time there was a long time where every single mission was just tense you didn't know if anyone was going to survive each mission but then it snowballs and you just kind of progress and you beat it and it's fine uh there was a number of things going on there's also just irritating structural problems with that game yeah you you definitely had a, a different reaction to it than me my last let's play that i did of it it's like 160 something episodes of half an hour each and uh it was so dense up until the end. It's so difficult every time. <laughs> but yeah. Well, enjoy. Da, 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 da. <laughs> that is a good ending.